gentlemen and otherwise, I would like to welcome you to How Not to Start a Damn Brewery, the podcast. I am your host, Kelly KFM Meyer, and I consider myself lucky that any of you are even here. In January 2020, I began writing a book outlining all the gory mistakes that I had made since my wife and I founded our brewery eight years earlier. The second edition of that book is at 57,000 words and available on Amazon, both in Kindle and paperback formats. Please check it out, pick it up, read it, and share it with a friend. The show is the same name as that book simply because my goal here is to help my guests to experience the same catharsis I did after laying my story out in public, and because I know that the lessons I wrote about were only the tip of an enormous iceberg. If you like the show, please remember to subscribe, like, write a review, share with a friend. Trust me, it all really helps. In this podcast, I will interview people in and around the beer business to uncover the mistakes, the pitfalls, and the hardships that all of us poor souls in the brewing industry have had the misfortune to experience. My guests will autopsy dead and dying breweries, break down the science of brewing, and dissect the art of marketing. I'll talk to distributors, retailers, beer writers, even a fan or two. Hell, I'll shove a mic in front of anyone I think can make you better in your business. This is open and honest conversation packed with emotion and sincerity, and hopefully, a little bit of fucking vulgarity. I want to thank you for joining my guests and I on this journey, and I truly hope together that we are able to teach you and your loved ones how not to start a damn brewery. guests today are Brett Bray and Teresa Hutchinson of the Late Fetching Lab Brewery all the way down in South Houston. This episode went so long that I decided to split it into two simply because they had so much important information to share and they were so gracious about sharing it that you're going to see a part two of this one. Um, I'll probably wait a couple weeks to share it, but it's, it's going to be just as compelling as the first. Their story, Brett was a full-time financial advisor and a part-time home brewer, so he was as qualified to own a brewery as just about any of us back in the beginning. And based on Brett's research, He felt opening a brewery when there were less than 50 Texas breweries was, quote, so darn viable that you'd be a total idiot not to do it, unquote. So in 2011, he announced on Twitter with the single tweet he's ever sent that he was going to open a brewery. And at that point, he'd already been thinking about it for two years. So he homebrewed hard for a year and a half every single weekend on an all-grain system he had cobbled together himself with just a little bit of design help from Teresa. And after six long years of due diligence, practice, and planning, Teresa and Brett finally ripped open their doors in 2015. After ditching names like Badass Brewing, at the last minute, they decided to have the entire brewery inspired by their 11-week-old Yellow Lab, which Teresa can do a much better job describing than I can. But we had just gotten our um, little yellow, well, a week or two earlier. And this whole time, I mean, she's maybe 11 weeks old at this point, and she's just a super calm dog. And she sat there and she had, she had her head over Brett's foot as he was sitting on the couch. You an 11 week old calm Labrador? Oh yeah. <laughs> I've got this amazing ability to, to, yeah. to pick dogs. So if anybody needs to pick a really calm dog, I well, call me up, right? At this point, it was, it <laughs> I'll start was, a business. It was literally, it was pissing me off the pot time because they actually had to start working on the paperwork yeah. to get things moving. So it was like, we gotta, go we, gotta we gotta come up with something. So she was just sitting there with her head on his foot and just staring at us. As we're going back and forth on the couch, no, yes, no, oh, that would be great, and looking it up, no, we can't do it. And we looked down, and this whole time, she'd been just looking back and forth at us, her little eyes are going back and forth, just watching us this whole time. And I turned out and, and looked at her and said, what about Yellow Labber? I, I said, no, that was taken. He, he's like, no, that's taken. Like, are you sure? I started Googling. 
Nothing. Nothing. Oh, nothing there. Come on, yellow levers and the most obvious thing you would ever think yeah, of. I would have thought that was taken. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and, and we're like, oh man, we love it. We have this, uh, you know, lab. You can do like a Labrador and laboratory. You can kind of have this uh, play on words. Okay. And our, our first logo. <laughs> Now, now there is a black laboratory room. Now there's a black laboratory. Right? <laughs> right. They're very cool. But our first one, yeah, we're about I already it. made with MS Paint. And it was really? Uh, and I, I traced out an E. Meyer flask. Oh, and it was a black flask with a little yellow uh, Labrador head kind of superimposed <laughs> on it. It was so darn cheap. It was terrible. She hated it. Oh. It was terrible. And he was so in love with it. It was so terrible. Like, and he's like, no, this is going to be our logo. And I'm like, no. So I so I actually talk about this maybe on some other podcasts, but in my opinion, there's two different kinds of brewers. There are art-based brewers and science-based brewers, and I would argue that you're probably way more methodical in the sense of like how you approach your recipes. Yes. Which is why you're like, a flask is fucking cool as shit. Why would you not? <laughs> but but the guy that was drunk at the bar ordering his eighth beer. He doesn't give a shit about your fucking yeah, exactly. starting yeah, gravity. Yeah, he really yeah. doesn't. Highbrow stuff like, might be funny and great. Some of this doesn't always translate well. It doesn't. Yeah. yeah. Matter, but even then, if you went and looked at the Fetching Lab Brewery logo that we have now, down in the bottom right-hand corner where most people would have a little, a little beautiful hot flower or a beer or a cask, whatever, we literally had an E-Meyer flask bottom because we were- You wouldn't let it go. We wouldn't let it go. You know what? We're going to do a little bit of homage to your original <laughs> terrible. <laughs> I, I got to, it was terrible. It was you know what? If you ever want to put like a don't ever use this logo in your in your next book, I'll send it to you. Okay? <laughs> it's terrible. I found it the other day. Oh my gosh. I mean, it's like a, it's like a five-year-old druid, right? I would like to have that, yes. It's, it's, it's just terrible. So, you know, but he was really proud. It was like black and white and, oh, it was terrible. In your defense, like my uh, original logos weren't any better. And so I actually kind of had a little bit of marketing background, just more from the study side of it. And, and the eight years I spent handling the sales and marketing for my uh, fitness business, my first logo was it had a, it had a fucking graphic uh, picture in it, which isn't scalable. You can't bend and twist it. Yeah. It wasn't vectorized. It, um, it, it had um, hop or uh, wheat leaves in it, which no one gives a fuck with it. There's so much shit in the logo. When yeah. I, I look at it now, even the orange on it is just like the wrong color of orange. It, it was weird and it didn't look like beer. It was just, what am I doing? It looked, it looked like, like a motor oil company. Like, yeah. It just, yeah. Anyway. yeah. I would say that this was probably closer to a motor oil company as well. Regardless of that, we, we liked the name Young Lab and yeah. we worked with it. Then we went to file our paperwork with the state and it turns out that if your name is too similar to somebody else's that already exists, you actually have to go get their permission in order to use that name. And it turns out that Yellow Lab was Enterprises, Enterprises was a holding company for a restaurant that had already gone to vault. And we spent months, months Six going months. back and forth with these people. And they were like, oh, we have no problem with using it. Hey, thank you very much. Please sign this paper. Nothing. Oh, And we wasted like six months trying to get these people just to sign this paper saying it was okay to use Yellow Lab because it was too close to their name and they would never do it. They said that they had no problem with us doing it. They never actually signed it. So Teresa said, well, fetching lab. 
And I, I hated it because I was so in love with Yellow Lab. But literally, after time, I, the convention I think was literally a much, much better because instead of just doing the one color, we had to do it a little bit, almost like an English pub kind of yeah. thing, you know? We liked fetching lab. It gave you better. flexibility, right? Because yeah. with fetching lab, you know, as you're, as you're looking at um, marketing Yellow Lab, there's only so much imagery you can do with a yellow lab but fetching lab you could use really any dog that fetches you could use different colors of labs you it really kind of opened up the creativity within the marketing yeah. by just changing yeah. from a color to an action. action action yeah and, right and our whole thing was uh, for marketing we were actually discussing it early on was to pay homage to working dogs in general working humans, working dogs, whatever. The whole thing was kind of that, that just hardworking critters that are out there. And so all of our beers originally were going to be based somehow off of working dogs. So the very first beer, the very, very first beer that we came out with was Rather Amber. It was named after her Sheltie, who basically would grab them a pair of socks if you let her let do it. Yeah. <laughs> a pair of, wait, a pair of socks? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't think they'll run off, but it's going to make sure that they stay together. <laughs> Uh, no, but I mean, it was, you know, kind of around all your friends, you know, the idea of the herding dog, the one that's going to create the group and get everyone together. So, you know, so we really, you know, wanted to kind of focus on that kind of dog theme, you know, the homage to the, to the working working yeah. dog. Not always, sometimes it's the lazy yeah. dog, so, right? <laughs> you know? So it's marketing, you're a marketing guy. Two different logos here. You tell me which one you like better, okay? <laughs> All right. My original one of smart dogs making good beer for hardworking people, or everyone loves a lab. Which one do you think we finally went with? There's a better story on the first one, but, <laughs> but you don't have to be an intelligent human to figure out the second one, so that helps. Yeah, yeah. yeah everyone loves a lab. So but I like the first one quite a bit, actually, yeah, personally. I, yeah, we both did, but it's like, you know. It was just too long. It was too, that everyone loves a lab was just much more sense. But the more words you have to say, the less you can say while it's drunk, right? It was the development of the imagery that kept us driving during the early time frames when everything was just going against us. We're trying to, to, to figure out how to get the money from this. We're trying to figure out how to get the equipment. Everything just kind of rained down all the time. But we <laughs> come back to, to developing that imagery and stuff that would actually drive us forward. No, that's the thing you're yeah. passionate about, right? Yeah, right. The thing that we could see success in as well, right? Where you put in your application for licensing and you don't know but it's going to take 186 days to get your ttv license that's how long it took us to get our ttv license 186 days and there were no changes we actually submitted our paperwork perfectly it just took that long to get through the bureaucracy did you actually get a call from them at all we no, so called them now, so most people have a similar experience, or you would get a call from them, um, and, and they would have a question, but it wouldn't be until day 182. Yeah. And yeah. so what it meant is that that fucking application sat on somebody's desk right. the entire time. Yeah. And they just didn't well, didn't stamp it till then. The average time for getting a license of this type takes this long. At the time, it was like 65 days. Cool. We were 65 days, we, did, we, we hadn't even advanced into the next stage at 65, and literally, the day after 65, they moved it, it takes 100 days. And they just kept, literally, as we reached this, they kept pushing it out, pushing it out, and I started finally calling. Well, no, 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 you didn't call 
until it was like yeah. it's gonna take a hundred and sixty oh, right. days, and then and then it dropped. And it dropped down to like, like ninety <laughs> days. And we're ninety days. Like, wait a minute, we're we're at a hundred and sixty nine days, something like that, and you're saying it takes ninety days? It just dropped. That's what I thought. And you have well, so for the new people, point, yeah. So at that point, we we called and we're like, hey. So we're trying to be like, oh. You know, we're just checking in. It's been 160 days. So the time has dropped to 90 days. We're just trying to figure out. We haven't moved to the second stage yet. We're still in the first stage. And then they start giving us these, I get, I would call them excuses. They were, like, <laughs> <laughs> they were just excuses. Oh, you would well, call them that? I would call them excuses. Oh, well, we've had these people who are retiring and they're on a sick leave and all this stuff. And we're like, okay, cool. And we're trying to be really, really nice about this because we've dealt with bureaucracy before. And as he says, if you poke the bureaucracy, they get petty and they will, you know, back in the line. You know, back, go to the back of the line or they lose your application, whatever the case may be. So we're like, we're not going to risk this. We're like, okay, well, could you just tell us where we are now? And so they, they tell us, oh, well, you know, you're, you're coming up soon. Next day. We moved to the second stage. Literally, Literally the next day. I actually did a phone call before each Yeah, movie. and so then we wait, you know. Because you know that's all they're waiting yeah. for. It's just, yeah. it was just They need to look at it and then push it on or whatever. Right. Yeah. So then we moved to the next stage and we'd sit there and we'd get a little, little uh, we'd get some time and then we'd call and we're like, so just check in, how you doing, right? And trying to be really, really nice to them. Since so, we got the phone. You know, next day, we moved to the next stage. So they never did the whole call us for a question and sat there. We just kind of moved it along by them realizing they forgot about our application for that long. Right? And so, where were you guys in your brewing, marketing, or building stages at this point? We did not have the big system down. So you were a little bit lucky. I talked to a lot of people that have been waiting on TTB. Yeah. To, to rubber stamp it and they were built. But what happened was our, our, our big equipment was coming over from China because they built it uh, through China. There was a long shortman strike up in Washington State. <laughs> and so our stuff sat there for six months. Six months sitting on a boat. So luckily we, we could have wound up in that upside down position where we had our license but we don't have any equipment. Yeah, so, so we actually got our equipment a little bit before we got our license. Because you have to have it on order before you apply. I mean, I understand now that the lead times are shorter, but yeah, like we, we ordered ours in October, I believe. We paid for it in October. We didn't get it until April. Yeah. So, and yeah. you guys had the same issue yeah. then. I have heard lead times are shorter now, but I don't know yeah. if that's oh, true. Oh, yeah, I've heard yeah. that too. So, uh, a friend of ours, uh, Val from Balance Brewery. No, oh, yeah, I guess oh, cool. Val. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we actually wanted to do a collaboration kind of there toward the end of our brewery, which is, and we're going to call it Decemberish. Because <laughs> he's like, I'll be open by December. And we literally go, oh, we started laughing so hard. And then, and then we introduced them to a word called December ish. Yeah. You'll be open December ish. So, lesson number one thing, guys, especially when we deal with the government, everything takes much, much longer. Add additional time and then add some more, and just in order to get close to it, add some more so that you're still only a month behind. Okay, it just yeah. So every all timing when you don't control it, add 
ish behind it. December ish. ish. November ish. January ish. Because yeah. you you won't you probably won't don't send out the uh, invitations until you actually have everything already in hand because it's just not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> no, because they'll say, oh, oh God, so, the goal is 165 so, days. And so you plan 165 days to open, you know, you're like, okay, cool, we'll open after that. And then you get the 165 days and it moves to 180 days or, or there's a long shoreman strike and your equipment doesn't come in or it's just, I think we were hit with every delay there is known to man that it, it was, it was pretty pretty unusual i think i don't know maybe we, we don't so, need to go to Vegas. Well, and it's frustrating because you've got a, a, a probably a facebook page this time yeah you're telling people you're coming yeah you've probably been sampling your beers to somebody oh. attempting to build some some kind of demand yeah. and now you're sitting there with absolutely no idea like, when you're actually going to be open so we actually came up with a uh, a saying and we tell everyone who's opening a brewery Celebrate every victory. It doesn't matter how small, you know, just celebrate every single victory because you you get, you finish with a little bit of plumbing. You know what? Stop, have a beer, celebrate it, mark it. Because there's so many things that are going to be frustrating and just drag your spirit down. Yeah, and then there was the, uh, the the combination of the state and federal because we were actually told that we actually do them in tandem, so we submitted both at the same time, and we actually managed to get the, the state one done. The problem was they would not submit the uh, give us the state one until the federal one was done, and we waited, waited, we kept talking to them, whatever, and literally probably just a couple of weeks before we finally got the, the the federal one, the state one calls and says. We have to drop your license. And we're like, what, 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 what? we've already got this stuff. We're, we're waiting in the federal. There's, and they got this rule that you cannot, uh, I can't remember what They have like 45 days to actually submit it, and that was it. Wait, so you got a you got a approval too early from the state, yes. and because so, the federal government took too long, they essentially dropped so it's it. A rule, it's, it's a rule that's designed so that the TBC can't unnecessarily delay your issuing your license. Let's say the TBC agent doesn't like you. They can't withhold it from you. They have to issue it to you or, or, the, or, or deny it, right? But then if the TTB so doesn't come TTB, in behind it? So, so the problem was, and you know, we only found this out when our friend Val went through, is that our TTB or TABC agent, <laughs> so she knew our status, but instead of submitting a little extension, you could call them up and say, hey, TTB's taking a little longer. I need an extension. Which has been happening to every. Which has always happened to everybody. Every winery and distillery it's, and brewery opening yeah, at a time would have that problem. Instead of her doing that with us, she actually went twice as long. It was 80 days. She went twice as long as was uh, allowed by the TABC, <laughs> apparently, under normal, normal circumstances. But rather than telling us, hey, okay, we can, ex- we can submit an extension. Instead, she pulls the license. So then we have to go through the entire licensing process again. Once we get our TABC or TTB, we have to go back to Texas 
and do the whole oh, ad in the newspaper, uh, get the oh, signatures from all the... 60-day sign, the whole, too, right? Uh, no, the 60-day sign, way. they waved that one. Uh, they left it up the whole time. Down. I never pulled it down. We never pulled it down. So, 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 so now it's a 360-day sign. It's a 360-day sign. You know, our sign was the longest. I mean, it was already, like, falling apart from the rain. I think yeah. he, had it, he actually oh, went and got a replacement yeah. one because it had, like, deteriorated. Oh, boy, you want to annoy them to get another sign? Really? Yeah, really? Yeah. No, they're going to get another sign. Yeah. But I guess in the TFC, you could actually call them up and say, hey, I need an extension. Well, we only found that out when Val went through it, and Brazoria County was like, oh, don't worry about it. We'll just do an extension. <laughs> no big deal. Because you know, we had warned them about that, and... Uh, we could show them no big deal. in the federal system. We could show them. Right. That wasn't even an option. You know, she wasn't going to go out of her way to, you know, submit an extension or do anything like that. In fact, I don't even know that she knew that was possible because... She was very overwhelmed by all the breweries and brew pubs opening up. At that was kind of the glory days right then. And it was, you know, it was 2015. Everyone was just learning the new laws. It was coming up. She had never really done them until really that year because it was, I think it was uh, Texas Beer Refinery. Uh, uh, I think Saloon Door was coming up pretty quickly. Oh no, uh, Galveston Island had just started right in that same time. So she had three or four breweries all doing the same thing at the same time and she had never done one of these applications before, <laughs> right? So I don't think that she knew by the time, you know, some of her friends had opened up like Val, you know, some of, you know, it had been years later where they figured it out, right? So right. they just yeah. me, we don't know the process, you know, because we've never done one. You know, because um, the last time that Galveston County had a brewery was <laughs> Galveston Bay Brewery actually bills itself as the oldest brewery in Texas. Oh, sorry. No, 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 no. It was it was Galactic had been. Galactic was Galactic, Galactic was, was there. Galactic. Yeah, Galactic. And before that, it was like like uh, Folsom Way, Brewery yeah. and uh, Falstaff. Falstaff in, in like the eighties. Yeah. So uh, Galactic had been open for years. So they were the oldest one. And they're closed and now too, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. The lesson learned on that one is, is basically know your, your um, paperwork and stuff and, and how far to push it because those those time limits on the, on the, uh, the federal and state license and stuff can just get absolutely nuts. The, the regulations are just crazy. Um, and that, that just increasing in complexity and stuff, but just some of the rules, like, that makes no sense. I think my favorite, my favorite was that in the TTV application, they asked us, I think it was something like six times, if your property borders any wetlands or rivers. Wetlands. The TTV. The TTV. The the taxi trader. 90% of their stuff was was either, it was either, when it wasn't about taxes, because that's the tax. And yeah. It wasn't the, the, the <laughs> yeah. but when it wasn't, the only oddball questions were about about um, um, EPA related yeah, stuff. EPA related yeah. stuff. And Interdepartmental. So, yeah. We had a pond. We had a pond on our property. I'm going, well, this this apply yeah. to that? He kept having to call me over. He's like, read this and tell me, does the pond apply? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, no, Brett, the pond. 
problem doesn't apply. It's we could not, try. It doesn't, it doesn't, you know, it's not connected to any rivers or streams. There's nothing. And we're not dumping anything in it. You know, the pond, it's a drainage pond, basically. It's got fish and it's wet all the time, but... No, it's it's an owned pond. There's yeah, no but, but everything was like gets, it was it was so nuts. weird that you're like, okay, I'm trying to open a brewery and they're really care, caring about whether or not my property fishing game. Stream. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, no, I don't yeah. have a stream, but they were asking do with tax and trade. And it was like there were like six questions. It was just six questions worded. They were the exact same question but worded slightly different to mean the exact same thing. So you have to keep saying, no, I do not uh, have, I do not have a, a, a waterway on my property, but thanks for asking, you know? It's so weird. You're endangered newts on your I property. I have no endangered uh, newts on my property. That, that, that you're aware of. Well, you guys alluded earlier to the fact that this may be the longest podcast I've done yet. And I, and I think that might be true. Maybe partially because of the fact that I'm outnumbered and it's the first time I've done a two-on-one interview where I'm talking to another brewery owner. But... So we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to come back and I am really interested in digging into this a little bit more. So do you ride motorcycles? Because if you do, you want the sickest gear on the planet. And SimpsonMotorcycleHelmets.com is the site for you. Break free from the pack with your kick-ass style and design that is as subtle as a sucker punch. When you're out on the open road, don't let anyone confuse you with your grandpa. Project an attitude that's all your own. With their signature style and performance, Simpson sets the standard of looking cool while providing superior comfort and protection. Authenticity counts, and there are many helmet brands out there, but there is only one Simpson. You got a killer bike, don't you? Why settle for a boring helmet? Pick your poison at SimpsonMotorcyclehelmets.com. Badass riders don't settle for anything less. See for yourself on Instagram at Simpson underscore motorcycle underscore helmets. Thanks for riding with us. We'll see you out there. All right, so welcome back. Uh, so the question we all want to know, obviously it took a long time to get your fucking license. Yes. Did you ever get your fucking license? No, we just thought we were going to go ahead and operate without it. You know, hey, the hell with those The hell with the bureaucracy. We're, we're going to do it anyway. Forget you, man. Right. Down with the man. They can't tell me what to do. No. Yes. So finally, what well, you got like a letter in the mail, and it said, "Hey, you have your license. You can open tomorrow." Is that? We literally, <laughs> Teresa, I came home and printed. And Teresa's like, "We got our license. Where's we gonna do it?" He goes, "We don't have it. We have it." I'm like, "What?" He goes, "Online. Should have like some guy on Facebook says, congratulations to Fudging Library with the newest, oh, Twitter. newest Twitter, 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 newest brewery in Texas." And I'm like, "Huh?" It, nothing from the state, nothing. It took us weeks before. It was maybe uh, two weeks before to get the... It's probably a few days. I think it was only a few days. Uh, I think it was only a few days. Before. But someone knew before we did. Uh, someone, I can't remember his name, but he always used to pull... Like, Andrew Schwab? That, I believe that's him. Yeah. Yeah. He used to pull... I believe he still does. That was amazing. We actually found out we got our license from him. Not state. from the state or from the federal government. We found out from him first. You know, so he definitely has uh, the the skinny on things. So follow him. Yeah. Right. So if you want to know if you've got your license, he's going to know before you are. <laughs> the follow-up was actually kind of funny there. So here we are. We've been working for months and months and months, and, and everything had been delayed. Everything had been just pushed back, and we're trying to keep our spirits up. We're trying to get things. We finally get our license. We're like, yeah! 
behind her, literally there was a happy dance squealing going on. I'm sorry, you were what? I was happy dancing, he was squealing. Squealing and dancing, okay. <laughs> Let's get over pushing. We put we put the Facebook out, we did all these things, and we, and we had a fantastic crowd. Fantastic crowd showed up. And they were showing there, we're passing our beer, we're getting good reviews, and believe it or not, there is nothing more heartwarming than a guy putting down his second set of $5 bill down for the exact same beer he ordered before. That right there, believe it or not, is a pivotal moment in your life because now people are paying for a repeat of the same beer. They enjoyed it enough they to buy it again, it right? To buy it again. To buy the voting with the dollar and stuff there. And we had this great day and we got to the end of the day and I look at Trace and I said, Happy Valentine's Day. Yeah, it was February 14th. It was very, we opened on February 14th and we didn't even realize that we were so focused on it. So focused. Up. Yeah. So that's got to be like your favorite Valentine's Day ever then. No. <laughs> I In hindsight, no. I still <laughs> <laughs> that, in that moment, you know, it was kind of cool. It was a big moment. You know, hindsight. I think he's got a lot of making up to do. I'm just going to say. And she holds it every year. Yeah. As they usually do. So yeah. in 2004, I opened my first, my wife and I opened our first business, I should clarify. And so we bought our first house in December to 2003. We opened our first business in February 2004. We had our son that, that July. So she was pregnant, helping me paint the first gym that we ever owned. Uh, we did the, like the logo on the wall and we made the whole walls white and it's, you know, we happened to be at that time across the street from a brand new steakhouse that had just opened. And so you saw all these people like walking by and, and going and enjoying Valentine's Day um, at the steakhouse Myron's, which is a great steakhouse in your brothels, by the way. At some point, she turned to me and she's like, what are we doing for Valentine's Day? I'm like, I was told, I was honestly confused. I'm like, I don't understand. What do you mean? We're opening our first business. We're changing our lives. We're becoming right. the, the people that you wanted to be. And she's like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> you forgot, didn't you? <laughs> and so, and, and actually, to be honest, and full disclosure, I did not forget. What I did forget was that that was a really shitty Valentine's Day for a woman. I thought that was fantastic. Yeah. We're, we're truly, like, you know, going to the next stage of our lives. This is 2004, and I guarantee if you ask her next February, she'd be like, oh, sit down. Let me fucking tell you about it. She's still pissed. Like, <laughs> no, I never got pissed. Uh, to me, it was, it, it was fine. It was honestly fine. We joke about how he has to, you know, make it up. I, I never got, I never got pissed. In fact, I'm not even hundred percent sure he's the one who said happy Valentine's Day notice. I might've actually brought it up and been like, do you realize it's February 14th? Right. And, and watched his face kind of figure it out. Like, well, I did it now. Sure. <laughs> figure it out. You know, so, so it wasn't a big thing because, you know, to us, it, it really was that, like with you, I, I see things similar as you do in, in that sense of, this is a big moment, right? Yeah. We just had a big day. After that big day, I'm, I'm not going to go get dressed up and go out, right? <laughs> No, no, no. I'm putting my slippers on. <laughs> I'm, I'm exhausted. We're... We're going to have a quiet evening, and, you know, after this big day, and you know, and after all this anticipation, and you know, all the work, it's like there's this, this the culmination. Of yeah, all the culmination of everything. 
there's this huge weight that just lifts off your shoulders in that moment. And so there was no, for, for us, you know, because that, this was the, the, we are now open. We now control our destiny from this point forward. And so, so if right? you actually get to that point where that, 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 that weight lifting off you and stuff, and you get that business open and stuff, just be prepared because the next day an entire new you. Right. So oh. celebrate in that moment. Celebrate that victory because yes. Yes. tomorrow yes. you have a whole new set of weights sitting on your shoulders because now everything is your fault. <laughs> everything is under your control. You can't, really you can, you can no. no longer blame anyone else for any delays, any... And, and rent's due in 29 days, yeah. <laughs> You know, and you've got payments, if you've got loans, you've got, you now have to start making good on your, on your business plan, on your promises, on everything that you've been working for, right? And, and putting the plan into action. It's and, the beginning of the story, yeah, sure. Beginning. Yeah. Listen, let's, let's deviate just for a moment here and, and put some plugs in there, okay? So when we first actually decided to open up a brewery, one of the first things we did is we went and talked to almost every brewery in Texas. We went on a world tour to, to say hello to everybody. For some reason, Budweiser didn't want to talk to us, but hey, I don't know. And they're here in Houston. That's weird. Yeah, like, yeah. I know. But, uh, three shout-outs here. Three big shout-outs. Okay? First of all, Dave Furjan at uh, the Southern Star. I came up there as just a total stranger, some schlub he'd never met, going, oh, I'm going to open a new brewery. And he literally stopped everything he was doing that day. You can see all the work going on there. Actually, they weren't the new facility, if you all remember that. This is at the old facility. There, okay. He showed me around, he answered every question, he gave me beers, and sat down and probably spent three hours just talking to me. And that was fantastic. And that guy, some that happens to him all the time. I think He's every, one of the five oldest breweries in Texas. I think every you know, first brewer, one, and, and, and dear, near and dear to our heart, we will we'll love those people forever. I think every brewer I've talked to who started since we started has mentioned that Dave did the same thing for them. Yeah. And, and how does he have time for that? I don't know. I don't know. He's just the kindest and most amazing, amazing person. We we would not have done nearly as well as we did if it weren't for the, the lessons that he taught us. Yeah. He's, he's amazing. When I would love, so guys, probably going, ah, oh, curse him, no. <laughs> I would love to be able to tell you all the things that he told me yesterday, but because of the fact that I spend most of my days talking about my mistakes, let's go ahead and mention another one. So I actually scheduled a podcast with him first, and then I was like, that told you guys, I'm like, hey, I'm going to be in town. Can you do one? And so he and I, like, already had the schedule. He was excited about it. I was excited about it because I think that he can tell a story that not only did he go through all the shit that we all have, but he's still kind of kicking ass, right? Yeah. So he's yeah. the grandfather of, of, of beer in Texas. Yeah. And I would love to be able to tell you that when I interviewed him on the 13th when he and I agreed to that, uh, or the 12th, sorry, that, that, that he told me all these things that I can now tell you about, but I completely fucked up my schedule and he waited all day yesterday for me at the brewery oh. and I didn't show up because it's on my calendar for today. <laughs> so, oh no. He, he emails me. To start a podcast. Uh, exactly. <laughs> so, the next book has already begun being written. Um, <laughs> so, so if you do ever reschedule with him, he doesn't like to flick you off or curse you out, whatever, tell him that on behalf of a failed brewery, but yes. The loving, loving, loving. I will definitely tell them that, yeah. The other two, um, um, the Niederhoffs at um, uh, Lone Pine. Is it Trevor or 
Heather. 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 Okay. Heather and uh, the, the guy. Um, I don't remember his name. I remember. Names. 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 <laughs> they were very, very kind. And the Royals at um, the label. Yeah. Literally, the, the first one actually did. And all of them were very, very kind. It's one of the things that actually got us excited about working in the brewing industry is that um, it is a family. I mean, let's face it. You see restaurants getting together, sharing recipes. Not they hate each other. Yeah. yeah. Not even not recipes. So like, we don't share recipes, but just, just business advice. Business you know, advice. Basic business is in any other industry. Clothing, nothing. Yeah. Yeah. But you, you, you can share recipes. Essentially, you're, we're sharing concepts and, and protocols. and Yeah, you know. protocols, and, but business, really good business advice. Uh, you just don't see that in a lot of other industries where you have that collaboration, that that brotherhood, right, or sisterhood, right? Uh, we gotta get back but, to that. <laughs> yeah. no, but you just don't see that collaboration, except in the brewing industry. They open their doors and they and they and they open, you know, their business. Really, not even just their doors, but they they tell you about the gotchas. They tell you about, you know, they try to help you succeed and do a, a rising tide lifts all ships kind of approach rather than I'm going to outmaneuver you, right? I'm trying to outsell you because I don't know, I think that in the brewing industry, we all realize, yeah, we're competitors, but we're also colleagues, right? And having that colleague approach is, I think what really drives people to the brewing industry that, that love for each other, that willingness to help each other. I mean, we even had, uh, there were times when we were doing um, combined pint nights with other breweries. Pint nights, yeah. you know, sometimes you go to a pint night and you're like, yay, there's like three people here. It's always on a Tuesday when no one's you there. Know, yeah. It's in someone else's zone, right? Some, some other breweries main zone. And so we, um, Town and City is a great, uh, is one that we, we worked real close with. Where you know we might be in a in an area that they're a much bigger brewery than we are because you know down here in Galveston County, yeah, people knew who we were, but inside the loop, you know, who's fetching loud? And so we actually teamed up and we'd have these combined pipe nights. When we were inside the loop, we could do one with them, but their people would come out and we'd go and just get a bigger would, crowd. Yeah, you get a bigger crowd, and you're introducing your beer along with their beer. And then when we're outside the loop, you know, we do them with them coming and then we're introducing our customers to their beers. And, uh, and it was just great collaboration to say, okay, you know what? Yeah, we all want to sell beer, but you do it in a, in a polite way, I guess, in a, in a, in a nice way. You're not just, you're not trying to stomp your competition. You're like, look, if I can sell you know, more of my beer and more of your beer, we're, we're good, right? And so, so you could, you can have that collaboration because it wasn't hurting you, right? To help someone else, it didn't hurt you. Well, I tell people like the, the crap beer drinker on average is kind of a slut and and, and I am too, right? Like I, I don't have a daily drinker. The closest thing I've got is live oak pills. That that's kind of always in my fridge. Other than that, I, I don't care. I almost want it to be different than I had yesterday or earlier just to change it up. Yeah. The fact that I've had three lone pints in a row is weird. Like yeah, for me, it's, I, it's not normal. Uh, and, and we've always said the same thing that, you know, if you're in craft beer and you think you're going to have a loyal crowd, yeah. you are fooling yourself. 
you're not going to be like Budweiser and Miller where you've got those people who are only ever going to drink Budweiser or Miller or Michelob Light or Ultra or whatever the, the is like the only thing those people drink. You're not going to have that in the craft beer world. They're going to go to a craft beer bar and they're going to try three or four things on the wall. They're going to come to your place, they're going to try a couple things and then they're going to leave your place and they're going to go down the block and they're going to hit another place and they're going to have a couple of things off of off of that um, that brewery's wall. And then do so, one Instagram post for all three of them. Yeah, yeah. Do one Instagram <laughs> post for all three of them. And, you know, and they may check in on Untapped or they may not, you know, you never know. And we would tell them where all the breweries and brew pubs and, um, and tap houses were in our area and we'd say what each one of them had to offer so that they could choose what their route is and you know and sometimes we'd say okay here's your route for you because you're here and it's it'll be easier to do this you're staying over there here's here's your route right but we would tell them about everything in the area and I'll tell you what the next time they came down they kept, they'd come down and they'd come and see us and they say thank you because you guys told us um, you know where to go and we just had the, the best time and and sometimes we'd have where we would say oh go tell you know brewery whoever to tell them hi for us and then they would say hi and then we'd get a text message from that brewery with those people because they would actually do it right and so we'd wave through our customers right? and sometimes we'd have people oh, yeah. Galveston Island and they said to say hi to you and so it's like oh you know, so we'd send our customers to say hi because we're always so busy and crazy. You know, sometimes you can't meet up. That our customers were actually our our, uh, our telephone. Mine was always like, think about like if, if you haven't seen your brother in like a year, yeah. and then you go like see him and you, you think of something vulgar you want to say to him and like offensive. Yeah. Tell him I said that when you go to that bar. <laughs> yeah, tell tell Price at Faust I said, and you pick. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> as long as it's offensive, it's fine. The first two years that we were opened up, we actually ran a. We were very strict with that not saying guild or anything like that. It's just a group where uh, all the Galveston area brewers. The Galveston County Cartel? I've heard of yeah. it. And we basically made, and we rotated from, from brewery to brewery where we would just get together and we'd just sit there and just chit chat about price. And that was the whole thing was is our biggest strength was we're not all making the same beer. Alright, so what we need to do is draw as many people from that ginormous population center called Houston down to here to get them circulating around our area. God, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but uh, a hazy IPA, whatever. They go to this person over here, which we know actually has one that people like. Or it was so either try our beers, and hopefully you like our beers. But if not, if you look for something else, tell us what you want, and we'll direct you to the right person. And right. hopefully they're doing the same thing and get the people moving around. That was the entire idea of the whole And by knowing all the different breweries, we you, know, you learn the beers, you learn what you know. Um, what events they're having, uh -huh. different things. We actually did, here at Gordon, Gordon Street Cup, which is where we're sitting right now, an amazing... Um, Official shout out to Henry and the gang. Yeah, an yeah. amazing tavern here in uh, Alvin, Texas. Uh, how many taps does he have? Like, 18, 20? 18 or 20. 18, 20 taps, always great, 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 came up with an idea that he brought up with at one of our meetings and he said hey I want to do a um, 
a tap takeover with every San Rosario County uh, brewery, basically outside of the South Side, right? The South Siders, uh, uh, and basically take over every one of my taps. And so everyone is going to get like uh, four taps or three taps. That's everyone. a cool idea. Everyone, take everyone out. Uh, and we called it Tap Attack, Galveston County Tap Attack. And we, of course, I think we included Backfish at the time. We did which Backfish. Is Brazoria County. So we're like, you know, we, 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 it wasn't just Galveston County. But, you know, uh, were they open yet? I think they were. I can't remember. But I, I can't remember. remember. But all of us, you know, Galveston Island, um, uh, Galactic. The Brewers Brothers? Uh, did they get to come? Well, Brewers Brothers. <laughs> I don't know if they <laughs> ever brewed. Did they ever? They brewed, uh, they had on their big system. They had guest brewers for like in house, and they would brew batch yeah. and small. But they never, you know, they couldn't distribute. So anyone who could distribute, right? <laughs> what is the thing on Galveston Island every year they did the festival? Oh, Brewmasters. Brewmasters, Brewmasters right? Yeah. So I'm at Brewmasters one year. And, uh, like I had, a, I'd had a few beers, but I was not yet. I was going to be drunk that day. I wasn't yet drunk. <laughs> and the owner of Brewers Brothers, whose name I can, is escaping me with the long hair. He comes up to me, and I don't know how he decided that we were friends. And for an hour and a half, we were best friends, going back, like, literally, like, place to place, just getting obliterated. We hugged, like, nine times, and I've never <laughs> spoken to him since. You know, that's, that is who he is. Uh, man, you're, 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 he said you couldn't remember it. Uh, Our second year at uh, Brewmasters, I got asked to help out uh, serve, they had this section, VIP section, and they had like brew people actually serving the beer and stuff like that. I will never forget one of those like cringe, awkward moments, whatever. He had his first fanboy. Like what's your mash tent, bro? I got my shirt on, my black shirt on, and got the logo, my name and stuff like no, that. No, like this like he's like you're the you you're the brewer for Fetching Lab. Well, yeah, because, oh my god, oh my god, can I get a picture with you? And I'm like, oh, I'm like, okay. And he's like, oh, oh my god, I love your beer, I love your beer. And he's like, like, shaking and stuff, and I'm like, this is... Uh, Do you remember the name of your fan? No, 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 no. no, no. I don't even know if he ever said it. We could probably look on Instagram, it's probably on Instagram somewhere. So, so Brett is supposed to only be in... Hashtag Brett is my hero. Brett is my hero. <laughs> Serve the beer. We had them serve the beer. Teresa and I stepped in front 
And we actually had this, the, the, literally, they, they mentioned we had the longest line at Brewmasters, literally just. But the fastest. Yes, because we were out front telling people about our beers, telling about us, not behind the table, not behind, but out there engaging with people. And it yeah. worked, we, we were flying through. And it, was, and it was great because, you know, people could get through the line and if they start asking questions, then those who are serving would say, those are the brewers right there. Ask them. Ask them, right? And they direct them over instead of stopping right in front of the taps where uh, you got this line behind you. You can still drink or whatever, things. yeah. They could serve and and we would filter off all the questions and the discussion and we could hold a little crowd. And, and the fans, all. obviously, because uh, Brett has fans. Brett yeah. has fans. So I go wandering out, you know, I go up to, to, to the... Uh, the panel and I try to find Brett and he's still in, in VIP and I'm like, you Brett, you gotta get back, you know? And, and so I go up to the, to the thing and eventually he comes back, but I don't know how long that guy kept us. I mean, <laughs> he was there all day, all day. And he was only supposed to be there like a, an hour. So Brett, obviously you're a very methodical person. And one of the mistakes that I made, which I think is a very important one is that I didn't hire the right guy or girl um, early on. So it took me a few full starts to get someone in there who could make beer. I, I, I had very many things that were wrong in my whole perception of the whole concept. But one of them was like, if I set SOPs and a recipe, kind of any dumb fuck could follow it. Clearly, that is not the case. So you made the beer. Right. So, so what are you talking about? Any dumb Challenge accepted. So hey, where are you kids buying your grains? You know, back in the day, we only had two options, and each of them knew it. When there isn't any competition, things like customer service and aggressive pricing just don't make a bit of sense to the big guys' bottom lines. But Brewery Direct has given lots of fucks about their customers since the day they sold their first bag of grain back in 2016. They sourced grains for quality and grains for price. And as an extension of Johnson Brothers Bakery Supply, their access to unique ingredients and brewing adjuncts is simply unparalleled. And now, with warehouses from Washington to New Jersey, you've got no excuse for an overpriced or unimaginative grain bill. You can't make great beer from any old bullshit, and Brewery Direct knows that. They have great prices on great grains and offer great service to great breweries of all sizes. Oh, did I mention the free shipping? Check them out at BreweryDirect.com, or just type Brewery Direct into all of those social medias you seem to like so damn much. If he were interested in anything his old dad was interested in, my son would say it's something like, Y'all need to be fucking with PR. Your booze business is more than just an online profile. Fine, keep doing your limited can release and your meet the beer tender posts, but it's time to think bigger than just cheesy marketing. Better, more professional. Brittany Hanning has years of experience turning big ideas into targeted communication in the beverage alcohol business, and her PR firm, Made to Measure Communications, can tighten your image with expert services ranging from AI generation all the way to media relations. See, people in this industry love to talk about the importance of branding and media outreach, but don't kid yourself for a second. You need an expert to navigate that stuff. So go to the website at M2MCOMMS, M2MCOMS, look them up in San Francisco, or just ask me for Brittany's number. But seriously, stop screwing around and get your image right today. How did you become a better brewer? In your mind, you're a very methodical person in the sense mm-hmm. that if you fucked something up, mm-hmm. it was going to bother you personally. And so you have clearly done something to fix that. So how did you get your brain, your skill, your ability to the point that you felt comfortable running the brewing operations of the brewery? All right. At the point that the brewery actually opened up, I'd already been brewing on a small scale for many, many years. And I had read pretty much every book 
out there from Dave Miller's you know, all the way up to yeast water all these things this um, I actually have uh, multiple science degrees I've got degrees in uh, biology chemistry and genetics and had worked in uh, science from um, cancer research all the way up to um, I was responsible for the first life science experiment performed on the International Space Station. I was in charge of all the science on the six missions. I, I consider myself a very logical person, very science-based and stuff. I was able to add this all together, and I am not saying that I am perfect at brewing because anyone who thinks they are is an idiot, but I did understand a lot of the basic stuff. If I were actually developing a new recipe, we would start it from a very methodical process. Water being one of the most important people. One, one of the last things that people actually look at in brewing is the actual water chemistry. It's, they just kind of accept whatever water, but it has more to do with the actual uh, chemistry of brewing than pretty much anything else. So we would actually start from scratch and I would say, okay, I'm going to make this type of beer. And I would actually go out and I would look for all the different places that had the best rated beers for that particular type and I would actually go and look at the water chemistry in their area and I would actually develop a water um, um, profile. profile because we use RO we'd strip this thing down to absolutely nothing and we'd build it up for build every one of our, yeah. every one of our beers had an individual chemistry um, for the water specifically de developed for that particular beer I'm a very strong believer that if you have two breweries in one area that, that where you like one and you don't like the other it's because that one guy is paying attention to the water chemistry more than anything else. It's, water chemistry is probably one of the most important things to actually producing good beer. Um, if it wasn't for water chemistry, everyone could brew. Um, if you want good beer, water chemistry and stuff. So that was a very big one. We would start from the very, very, very beginning uh, with the water chemistry and then... I love the trains. It's very yeah. exciting. Yeah, can I... Oh yeah, the trains yeah. are great. Can I tell a quick story on that? Yeah, go for it. <clears throat> when we first started changing over our recipes from partial mash to all grain, we were we were over in Friendswood and we were just using tap water. We, we really hadn't come to the realization that water chemistry was such a big deal. And we were making really good beer. We were having a lot of get-togethers. People were telling us, yeah, you know what? If this was in a, um, in a bar, I would buy it. And so we're like, yay, okay, cool, great, we're, we're getting there. And then we bought the place that we were going to open up the brewery. And we made our first batch of beer. And we used exactly <laughs> the same recipe, same the equipment. same protocol, same equipment, same everything. And that first batch it was supposed through. to be It was supposed to be just a test quick batch of, of just... All right, right, here we go. You know, first batch. Yeah, at the it new was place. just kind of like that. We're in a new place. We're going to do our first batch, you know, here. And now we're on a well water. <laughs> Not on Friendswood City water, right? And so, but we didn't know this at the time. And so we're, we're getting through. We're doing our celebratory. We have our location beer and uh, just use the, oh, uh, the regular tap. And when we went to try it, it was swill. There is very few times when you literally spit out a beer. I mean, like, like, like in the movies when it sprays all over and you're just like, oh, this is gross. Right. And it just like, you know, or you drink it and you just open your mouth and let it come out. Right. It's, it was, it was terrible. It was we had we thought we thought we messed yeah, up. Yeah, we yeah, thought, yeah, okay, we, well, we, we moved, we moved all the equipment. So Do you remember which yeah. beer it was, was it the blonde? 
It, it was a fetching blonde. It was a fetching blonde. Yeah, because we're gonna do something yeah. simple, right? It was gonna be the sim- a simple, easy beer, whatever. I think it was a fetching yeah, blonde. Yeah, it was blonde, yeah. And, and it was terrible. It was just, it was awful, straight awful. And so we immediately dumped it, and then we brewed another beer. And because we're like, yeah, the same one. Because we're like, well, obviously, we must have done something really terrible, right? So let's try it again. We we screwed up somewhere. We 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 skipped a step. We we didn't follow our protocols. I don't know. We thought we did, but so we were assuming the problem was us, right? Which in a way it was. In a way it was. We didn't know really about water chemistry at the time because we had been doing so well uh, with Friendswood water. Well, keep in mind, that, I, I only laugh because I've been through the same thing. You've been through the same Oh, no, no, feel free, it. laugh at us. Yeah, right? like, uh, yeah it, was, it was, so so we we brew again, and exact same experience. We dumped the beer, it was gross. Good bleed. And we're like, what is going on? So, of course, to the internet we go. So, so we then go and we get our water tested. Because we're like, what is the only difference? It's the water, right? And so we're like, what's the difference? And so we get our water tested. We send it off to A&M. A&M, A&M. Yeah. And they test our water and we get their results back. And it turns out the sodium in our water is t- like twice what beer will allow. Right? But, so it's like 200 <laughs> uh, so, so, sodium, ppm or something. Sodium you know? um, yeah. uh, will take hops and it will get this cloying kind of sweet sickly flavor to no, it. No, that's what it does. I thought it was the, the, the grains that does that and then hops it just harsh and super bitter. It was flavor. Yeah, yeah, it was just terrible. So, so, so sodium, high, high sodium in water yeah. and, and beer. Yeah, yeah. So where, yeah. where beer wants like between like 50 and 100 ppm of, of sodium, we had like 200. It's still potable. Still drinkable. Totally drinkable, but not beer possible. So, so what that told us was we need to do something with our water because either we're going to have to purchase our water in because very few things can get rid of sodium, right? That's the problem, right? If it had any other thing, we could do other kind of filtration, but sodium requires an RO. So we had to, we had to get an RO. Well, um, if I may, mm-hmm. we, we had actually, when we realized that it was the water that was causing the problem, we went to a local vendor and they're like, oh yes, we've helped several different breweries open their thing. And, <laughs> oh, this and, is great. and, and, okay, and they sold us on a um, um, water I, softener. Ion, exchange, water no, softener, water ion exchange water softener thing at there there. And we'd already said, okay, let's go ahead and start getting the, the, the movement going on that. And then we got the water chemistry back. And as soon as we saw it, we looked at it. We We'd been doing enough research amongst ourselves that we wait, wait a minute, that sodium is way too high, and we, and we just and these experts became fucking idiots instantly. <laughs> they literally sold us because if, okay, if you ever looked at an ion exchange, what it does it says is there's a, a a gradient of ions that says this one will replace this one, which will replace this one, which will replace this one, and the very last one you get to is sodium. Sodium basically kicks everything else off. But we already had too much sodium, and that's what was causing our problem and stuff. Yeah. And so experts, yeah, all right. Yeah, mm. no, yeah, be careful of your experts, especially your water ones, because we found out that they don't necessarily know. They try to sell us on a water softener. When we're telling, no, I well, think we need an RO. Problem sodium. The biggest problem is sodium, and what do they put into water softeners? Well, they, they have different, they have different chemicals. You humongous chunks of salt, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which may have other things, but who knows? But... But it's definitely not what you want for a brewery. So we then had to go find an RO because it's, you know, it's either that or distilling your water to get rid of sodium out of the water. So then we could rebuild it up. But if you're going to take out the sodium, that means you're also stripping 
everything else out, which, yeah. you know, all which your calcium be, and all the other good stuff. Yeah. If you, you know, so that's the problem. So you have to go in water profiles. Yeah. So literally I, I had to like study right. very quickly on water and how it affects beer and stuff and learned a lot of lessons basic off that. But it was, it was, it was like, we're, we're, we, well, naively, we were expecting to be very quickly up and running. When and, we just, got, and just selling shit tons of beer. Yeah, shit tons of beer, of course. Go yeah, so we're yeah, just going to go out there and everyone's going to love us. <laughs> ah! You know, no. yeah. Yeah, so so we learned really quickly the moment we, we got the place where we were going to have the brewery that water was important. It was a, it was a harsh two-brew tasting lesson because it was gross. It was really gross. <laughs> what did you do with that beer? Oh, we dumped it. We dumped it. Yeah, it dumped. Yeah. It went. Did you but, call but, TABC and have them come over and no, officially dump it? <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. It, we weren't we were professional license. We were a small no. batch. You know, oh, okay. Within legal limits of it, what, it 100 ga- gallons <laughs> a year or whatever it is that we're allowed to do. You know, yeah, yeah no. It fed we, my lawn. Because I also have a uh, uh, septic system, so you don't want to put that down the drain unless you want a very, very interesting situation happening in your septic system. That'll totally you fuck know. your pH up. Yeah, there. just yeah. a little bit. Yeah, and a bloom. You know, you can get all with the yeast. Yeah. So yeah, yeah we, we learned not to trust uh, experts. You know, do your due diligence. Uh, yeah. If it doesn't make sense, question it because they will mess you up. Yeah. And and because they're out there to make money too. They just want to make money. And they're going to send the dumbest person they can in order to help you out. It's, <laughs> the dumbest, yeah. cheapest, employee. the dumbest, yes. cheapest employee. Yeah. I've been online for two weeks now, but my company's my company's handled this. But I've been online for two weeks. Yeah. yeah. Right, We've you know. dealt with breweries before. I don't. You know, since then, I don't think oh, I've ever their, been to a brewery that's ever had a water softener. They said that they've dealt with breweries before. I don't think I've ever met anyone who said, yeah, we have a water okay. softener. Okay, wait, wait, wait. I will actually put a challenge out there. If you run a brewery right now, okay, and <laughs> that, you- that uses a, a water softener and you produce craft beer that produces a, uh, I'm making this up here, so let's go ahead and say, a, a, a uh, ta- untapped, yeah. where you get more than a, a 2.5 rating on your average <laughs> beer instead of this, if you have a water softener, send to fetchinglabbrewery.com. I want to freaking know about it because it doesn't freaking exist, okay? It doesn't make sense. Two things. One, uh, three things. One, I, I can't stand untapped. Fuck untapped. <laughs> yeah. Oh, difficult. gosh, yeah. Two. We, we had a guy who gave us one star. One star. Because he ordered an IPA and said it was too hoppy. Too hoppy. Well, right. It was I, an I, IPA. I, I know it was a question it's you asked later, but let, let's deviate just for a second because this is one of our, our favorite topics there. Ratings and, and reviewers. Oh, yeah, and we're stuff. I know you mentioned this on your stuff. Okay, okay, okay. So um, we're trying to get as much of our social work uh, media work in and believe it or not social you, work social media social work media it's work, all yeah, social work, yes yes our social workers told us hey you're a freaking idiot get back into work okay yeah. the whole social media which is just a ginormous thing and there are so many vendors out there I will do your social media for you and you look at it like yeah we're going to take some pictures and we're going to post them for the next six months and you're like that has nothing to do with my image and stuff be careful of, of vendors yeah. for that yeah you be know. careful yeah. of the uh, influencers of that, yeah. influencers and vendors so and in order vendors. to get your influence badge on some of these social media websites you actually have to re- do so many reviews and stuff and if you actually went at the time I don't know what it is right next I haven't looked at it in the last eight months whatever but our ratings on on I was Google Google you're, you're Google, 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 Google was literally we, we, five were, stars, we were like right? 5.9 and the reason no, we were 5.9 sorry 4.9 4.9 and the reason was because we had one <laughs> we had one one star review and do, do you want to know what the comment says I want to know his name 
name. Do you know his name? No, I don't remember no, his name. No, but I can look it up. I can look it up. Yeah. Call that fucker out. Call that fucker out. He said, there's a one-star review. He said, sounds like a nice place. I'd like to visit there sometime. One star. One star. One star. He's just pounding him out as fast as he can to get his fucking influencer badge and giving you a fucking one star. If you're going to do that, hey, guys, hey, listen, you motherfuckers. If you're out there giving reviews <laughs> just to get a fucking influencer badge, don't screw people. At least give them a three star. Yeah, don't don't screw people. Don't screw people. Uh, if you've never been there, don't screw people because he's small At, at least go and then shit on it. Right. Like, and shit on it. Right, yeah. And Teresa, who is one of the most kind person, she actually wrote to this guy, hey, I, I'm not really sure what happened. Happened, or if, if we upset your stuff, yeah. he never replied. Yeah. Nothing to this, but he, she actually tried to reach out to him, going, yeah. said, "Why did you give him one you star?" Out. You know, so so yeah, he was just going from business to business, giving these one stars and just you okay. know, and and writing a comment so that he could get his Google influencer badge. And what it does is that, especially in a in a company like a small business um, that maybe doesn't necessarily get a ton of Google check ins. Even if that you do, one, it still sucks. That one can yeah. it, it drops you from a five star to a four point nine or four point eight or I mean if you've only got let's say if you've we had luckily more than, you know, ten reviews, but you know, um, if you let's say you only had ten reviews on Google because people just aren't checking in, you're then new, whatever. you're new or something. Someone does that to you, all of a sudden in ten reviews, you get one guy going one star. You could drop down to a four-star place or a two, three-star place, you know, because you don't have enough volume, and that's and that's so unfair. You know, those rating systems are just—they can be brutal in the way that they incentivize people to lie and to just review for no reason. Is it's ridiculous? Um, he's Sorry. looking at me. Kelly's leaning back. He's grinning. He he's like, God, that's happened to me so many he's times. He's like, I don't oh, even need I hate y'all. I hate it so he's much. He's like, I don't even need to tell my story. These guys are just saying everything that's going through my mind, right? I mean, it's just, you know, um, you I know honest it. reviews. I appreciate honest reviews. Yeah. And, we, and we responded to every one of them that we could. But there were so many that are just these fake people trying to get influencer badges and they don't care they just don't care about the company and what they're doing to these small businesses they are hurting the small business because when i go to a place i go and i look and i'm like oh look it's only oh man it's only got maybe a four star it's not even like a 4.2 or then i start looking i'm like oh but they only have like three reviews so then i start reading and it's like so then i have to go and take that extra effort to figure out did someone influence them <laughs> or did or or is it a is it really something going on with with the place where they've got some true negatives and some true positives now just because you know don't get me wrong four stars not bad but but I've, it makes I've me makes worse. you start yeah i've seen yeah. i've seen a lot worse but it makes you think okay well let me go look what's going on why is it not you know you know four and a half and above you know because um you know usually you would think that that wouldn't be too too difficult right you would think but you know and we've seen other businesses get get hit by exactly the same thing that we were where it's like the person had never even shown up at our brewery they would love to have they think we would be cool and they'd love to visit us one star <laughs> you know? 
Wow, you know. Well, we would love to have you come, you know. And I and I put that. So we could punch you in the mouth. Yeah, Yeah, and then and then I probably kick you in the balls. I'm just saying, you know. Well, that. I think that is an excellent place to take a break. More so because I've had uh, more beer than I normally have during these, and I'm going to need to go to the restroom. But <laughs> like we are the balls. All right, absolutely yes. coming back to the online yeah. beer review conversation. Yes. So we will be right back, ladies and gentlemen, but you do not want to miss what's coming up next. <laughs> Remember when you had to buy film for your camera, take pictures you couldn't see or edit, and then pay someone to take two weeks to develop them into pictures? Well, there wasn't a better way then. But there is a better way now. Are you literally still measuring final gravity with a hydrometer like some furry caveman? Dude, you need to get AccuBrew. You'll find real-time feedback on current gravity, temperature, and even clarity. And the thing will alert you anywhere in the world when any of them are out of your spec. I'm tired of telling you to make better beer, so go install AccuBrew and make me shut up. Seriously, go to AccuBrew.com, follow them on socials at AccuBrew, or just call Parker at 727-685-9860. Your beer, your customers, and even I. Well, thank you. And that, ladies and gentlemen, concludes the first half of the interview that I had with Teresa and Brett. As you can see, we've gotten into a lot of things, but we are literally halfway there. I think I walked into the nice little brew pub in downtown Alvin Gordon Street Tavern to record this thing somewhere around 6 o'clock, 6.30 maybe. And I did not leave that building till after midnight, starving and a little bit tipsy. So uh, we had a great time. We covered a lot of things. And I look very forward to sharing in the next half of this interview with you guys. All right. See you soon. Hey, guys. I want to thank you for sticking around. I appreciate you spending time with my guest tonight today. A couple of housekeeping things. I want to remind you that my book is available on Amazon, both on Kindle and in the paperback. And you'll see probably about another month there'll be an audio book. So if you don't like to read and for some reason you're burdened with loving to listen to my voice, you will get more of that um, in that audiobook. But again, thanks for sticking around, and I look forward to the next podcast. Uh, peace out. See you soon. Free play. Media. Media.